we're starting off with a bang, apparently. <laughs> I don't even know what episode we're on now. So it was as, as episode four or five, 14, somewhere <laughs> in there. And so <laughs> you guys are in for a treat today. I was going to try to do the introductions on, on who we have, but at the same time, I think it's going to be better for Johnny to do it because I just stepped into a big old pool of mush just trying to understand who I'm talking to today. And so you always remember when your mom said, you know, don't ever judge a book by its cover. You ever, you, did your mom ever oh, do yeah. that? Oh, yeah. All the time. All the time. And uh, sage advice there. Yeah. <laughs> We had some kids come up to the office today, so I didn't know where we were headed with things. But apparently we've got we've got some world champions. And that's where I wish I had the sound effect on this thing where I could be like world champion, champion, champion in the back. But that was uh, pretty good. Thank you. That's that's what I work on at night. Um, but Johnny, do us the honors. Who are we talking to? Yeah. So today we're talking to the Marlers, Marler Performance Sources. We have the one and only Todd and Taylor Marler here with us. We're super excited to create a partnership with them through Chaffe. We're doing a sponsorship with them. And I will let them get into a little bit of who they are, their background and bio, and, and tell us a little bit about why we're all together here. I, I think the big thing, too, is when you like when I hear, you know, it's Marler Performance Horses. There is so many, you know, people like, oh, yeah, we have performance horses. And I'm like, oh, so instantly I think racetrack. Mm hmm. Mm -mm. That's a, that's a big not happening. Uh, then I think, well, maybe they're in the rough stock industry and they got some bucking horses. Nope, that's not that's not it. So Marlers, who are you? What do you do? Yeah, so we uh, mostly train uh, reining horses and ranch riding horses. Um, you know, we've we've trained pretty much all of the horses you would see at a Western show, um, including trail horses, pleasure horses, even English horses. But uh just kind of finding our niche a little bit more in the reining, I would say, and, and the ranch riding has been really good to us and um, and, and trail horses, I would think. But uh, it's been really exciting, the journey we've we've taken so far. Well, it's really cool, too, in the fact that we, we, we started off a relationship. I, unfortunately, didn't get to meet you when they were doing the filming and things like that. And I know we have something really big coming up uh, mm -hmm. through Chaffee. And again, out here in the middle, the, the podcast is designed to let people have one, an opinion, which it seems like in this day and age is getting less and less. But at the same time, it allows us to just kind of ask and understand different aspects of people's life. It happens to be right here in, in Dell City, Texas, in the middle of somewhere. And the biggest thing about that is that to have people that are feeding our product on the podcast is awesome, too. And so we're not trying to plug just what we're doing at the same time. I want to know, you know, the two of you sitting here today, you know, why, why Western and why reining horses? What, what was the draw to get into that? And explain to us the two classes of that. What, what is a, what's Western horse? Yes. Yeah, so the Western horses versus the English are the racing horses have the English saddle and that's without the saddle horn. I mean, that's just the basic uh, way to describe it. But the Western horse, uh, generally speaking, has a saddle horn on the saddle and that's made for like roping. You can, you know, I was going to say, do you get some inner tube tire and wrap that thing around there before you go in there? Yeah, sure, we, we could. But what you do is it's generally in the West was made for, you know, roping, and you could tie that, that cow down on that saddle horn. But uh, most days now I just hope, use it to hang on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> all laugh, and I'm sitting there to myself saying, yeah, I would be the guy that was hanging on to that. <laughs> but, uh, and, and so the difference, you know, <clears throat> reigning is the only Western sport in the Olympics. It's a, it's in the demo stages, but you know, in the Olympics, you have, uh, you have, uh, jumping, you have Grand Prix, you have cross country, you have dressage, but reigning is the only one in the Western saddle that's made it to the Olympic stage. So for me thinking about reigning, does that mean that you're just, it's how you're directing the horse? Yeah. So like, you know, the reins are there to guide that horse and, you know, typically a reigning horse should be real soft off the reins and willfully guided in the direction that you want that horse to go. And that's where, you know, reining was kind of developed on, on doing cow work. And, um, and, and it's kind of like if you were going to chase a cow down a fence and then all of a sudden that, that cow stopped and went back the other direction, you're going to do a sliding stop and then roll back and go the other direction. And also the spins and reining were, you know, to demonstrate that your horse is real agile, can go in any direction the cow goes. 
Mm-hmm. Or for me to hang on to the to the saddle horn even tighter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that that was one of the cool things. So so when the marketing team were showing us some of the videos that, that came back, Danny was there and he's like, "We're buying a horse," and I'm absolutely not. We're buying a horse. <laughs> but to watch those horses move the way that they move is absolutely unbelievable. I mean. Oh, yeah. I like to consider myself a finely tuned athlete that just is retired. Um, but at the same time to watch one of those horses that that's just been trained the way that, sure. and, and so as you're, is it a farm? Is it a stable? What do you consider? We consider ours a, well, we call it a ranch because okay. long ago we were just in the middle of this nowhere, you know, and then all of a sudden the city grew up around us, but we just still call our little our horse ranch. And yeah. So, so you have a horse ranch and your business is training these horses. That's right. Yeah. Yep. We kind of started out long ago, uh, you know, boarding horses. And then we, you know, I started teaching lessons and then it developed into training horses. And Is it a profitable business? Oh, yes, absolutely. Huh. Oh, You're yes. going to find out real soon because you, we're going to get you a horse. See, and this is the thing. This is the thing. We walk, we walk out of the, yeah. Always be closing. <laughs> Always be closing. We were, we were walking out of the office, you know, whatever. And he's like, oh yeah, I can show you 10 horses right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, fired up. They're really nice ones. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm all about that one that's got three legs and you call him lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're, you're now affected in the urban sprawl. You've got, you've got Absolutely. houses all around you. Um, how many, how many horses? Let me, let me go back in context because a lot of people will ask me like, well, how many acres do you farm? And I'm like, well, you know, what color underwear do you wear? Um, so I don't want to get anything too personal. Right. I don't know if there's a question I shouldn't ask and at the same no, time. Be fine. Okay. So how many horses do you train? We have 27 horses um, in our possession right now. Yeah, I'm so glad you're starting to feed Jaffe. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, so 27 horses, how do you get, how do you ride 27 horses? Do you ride them every day? We, we do most of them every day. Uh, he and I share the responsibilities. Um, I'm kind of giving him the A string right now and I'm kind of taking that E string somewhat. Mm-hmm. And we also have some other people that are employed to help us kind of get the others ridden also. Okay. So everybody talks about the terminology of a horse, making sure that they're legged up. And, right. and, and so I, I, I tried to ride saddle bronc horses for a while and, and rope for a little while, but that just, <laughs> you ever watch Gumby? Yeah. That's a whole lot about my life. Um, mm-hmm. so understanding how people interact with horses is amazing. And, you know, I've got a good dog that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good dog, but at the same time, somebody that is able to take in a horse, um, to watch it full, like the story that you guys can tell too. Sure. And win the world on that horse Absolutely. is it's that that's more of a connection and horses live so long. So are there days that you're trading horses in and out and you're just like, golly, I hate to see that horse go. Is there that connection that you have with your horses? You know, I, there are some horses that we have. So we were talking about one coming up here. Mm-hmm. Her name was China and, um, she was this that's really, a four letter word out here yeah, in the exactly middle of the right. <laughs> And she wasn't from China, but she was like a China doll. I guess that's how she got her name. Right. But um, she was a very pretty Palomino triple registered horse, uh, which she was paint. She was quarter horse. She was a, uh, a Palomino. So all of those are three different organizations and horses. And she was triple registered. And it was the year before they started ranch riding. She wasn't the greatest rainer. She didn't have the biggest stop on her. She had a good turn. She was a good mover. But it was the year before they developed ranch riding. And we were just talking about that coming out here, mm-hmm. how we wish that we still had our hands on her. Does 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 a cutting horse fall into the ranch riding world at all? Yes, or is that, to, is that yin and yang? Is that totally? It's a little different. Okay. All right. But it can. It can do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. They're from the same bloodline somewhat. Okay. And we, we were in, we were in Weatherford two weeks ago. And yeah, about two weeks ago. It was, we walk into a horse barn. And so I walk into a horse barn and I can say, that's good feed. That's not good feed. Yeah. I understand feed. Right. But as far, and I say, I know what's good for a horse, even though I've only got a quarter horse, but and that's a quarter of a horse. Um, but mm-hmm. the, the biggest thing is understanding what, what process puts up good feed. But then I listened to Johnny start talking about bloodlines and, oh, well, who, no, that came out of triple jumper X, double, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. we're in Weatherford of all places. We're, a long way from home and everybody understands these names and all of this recognition. Mm-hmm. So is there a set of bloodlines that is just not just a set, but is there just really prominent bloodlines that run through certain um, aspects of, of reigning or 
Western or, you know, where people are like, sure. yeah, we know that, that bloodline. Sure. You know, I would think that uh, probably the biggest influence that we've had in the last probably 30 years is Hollywood done it. And, um, you know, he was probably at this point, probably 30, $40 million sire, which he's produced 30, $40 million worth of winners. Um, and I would say that his bloodlines have, jeez, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> like I'm watching her 30, $40 million of bloodlines for that horse. I'm like, yeah. You're a preacher, right? Right. And I was right. going to say, but I'm going to hold off on that right now. <laughs> I walked into one earlier. You guys didn't get to hear it, but I'm going to sit over here quietly. So please continue with the $34 million so horse. I, 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 I shouldn't have told is. you till the end. Mm. So, <laughs> scared me to death. I'm just... In fact, we still have two Hollywood Dunnets, uh, Dunnett Khaki, who Johnny would know real, he's from, mm. real familiar with, mm. and also a Sheriff Dunnett. And um, they just have real good dispositions bound, real good minds, real trainer. They have a lot of trainability. They, ha- they probably were the ones that brought the big stop into reigning. Um, and it started kind of going, drifting a little bit from their bloodlines lately, a little more, uh, I would say, um, trendy bloodlines. But I'd still say they have a, they would probably have the biggest influence in my lifetime on the, on the reigning industry. And do you still have those horses? We do. Okay. Yes, we do. So you still get to interact with those horses all the time. Absolutely. That's okay. And that was kind of the point was just kind of, you know, Johnny talks about horses uh, and that passion that he's got for those horses. And, and it's, it's one of those things that if you're not in the horse world, like I am, it kind of makes you want to be in the horse world. Cause yeah. you know, you want to be in that kind of cool true. society. You want to understand what, what's going on, what's hot, what's not. Very true. And, uh, and me, I'm like, oh man, whoever built that, Hey, did a horrible job. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. the only way I can look at it in the horse yeah, world. No, there's, yeah. there's a lot of areas of, of the horse world that are, are profitable. You know, I'm, I mean, in fact, Taylor was going to go into med school, but, uh, I mean, he actually sees that he could make as much doing what he's doing now or even more or than more. he was doing. What do you, yeah. So, so, so walk us through that. And, and, and yeah. So actually, I mean, I, I went to UTEP and, uh, I'm still going and I'm trying to finish. How's that working out for you? It's, it's decent. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do it for my parents cause they're like, I have to have a degree and not be a loser, you know? So, Hey, don't worry. I was in the same, I came out of the <laughs> same cloth there. Um, but I'm doing pretty well. I mean, I, I, am a straight A student and then, uh, I was not there. <laughs> That's why you're world champion. <laughs> and then, I, uh, but I'm really trying to, uh, do this training thing. Cause so much fun, so much fun. So, so walk me through, so you're going to call Well, uh, walk me through before COVID hit. Okay. So what time are you waking up in the morning? So I'm waking up probably seven 20 and, uh, just, Jumping on horses and uh, all the way to probably seven, seven o'clock at night. Yeah. But what about school? I mean, walk me, well, walk me through this. Like I actually had to drop out that one semester uh, <laughs> during the spring. That's him. Okay. That's embarrassing. Yeah. No, don't, don't be embarrassed. <laughs> and uh, it's called a sabbatical. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and I had to, I had to drop out. And, uh, and so then the COVID hit and, and I'm like, wow, this is a great opportunity get caught up in, uh, the horses and then, uh, we're still in it. And now I'm on summer online. So, yeah. And he, he has 16 hours to finish. So. It's close. I, mean, it's really close. I, uh, I did not finish college and you have to finish now. Um, <laughs> but last I checked, I think I'm three credits short. Wow. wow. Finish oh, degree. But now I'm just mad <laughs> and I'm not they finishing an honorary. <laughs> I, no, as much this. money as I spent at that, you know, never mind. We're not going to go down that road right now. And we just wanted to take a couple quick seconds to thank some of our sponsors. One of our sponsors and a sponsor of mine for a long time has been Walls. Walls Outdoor Wear. Absolutely amazing product. I personally love their ditch digger pants. I know it's starting to get a little bit warm, but at the same time, those pants breathe amazingly well. They're super comfortable and they fit you, especially if you have a dad bod like me. If you want any more information about Walls Outdoor Wear, you can go to walls.com. Tell them Jay sent you. This podcast is sponsored by Chaffee, World Class Alfalfa. Chaffee is grown in the shadows of the Guadalupe Mountains, the highest peak in the state of Texas. Our unique climate offers cool nights, warm days, and allows us to grow some of the finest forage on the face of the planet. For more information about Chaffee, please visit www.chaffee.com. So walk us through, Johnny, Johnny goes, hey, I've got these people that I know and they're good friends. Uh, I didn't say they're a preacher and <laughs> he was, <laughs> he was talking about your horses and kind of sure. your love of what you guys do. And he's like, it's a fantastic story that we got to tell. It's a father and a son, which I mean, how much, 
better yeah. does it get than having, you know, for you to be able to watch your son do Absolutely. what he loves to do and then be successful with that Absolutely. at the same time. Um, so you've got an unbelievable story and the fact that you got to watch a horse grow up as you're growing up and, and won the world. And, and I say win the world and, and Johnny's glaring at me. He's like, he's like, I don't think you understand what this truly means. Johnny, what, what does this mean? I mean, winning the world is huge. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So Taylor, the cool part about it is, is he won the world a couple of times at 13 and under, and then, um, was reserve world champion in the big class, A-Q-H-A-Y-A, uh, 2016. Yes. Reserve world championship. So it's a, it's a really big deal. I mean, people, people work their whole lives for it and never get it and never get there. So it's a really big deal. So, so walk us through the story. Yeah, well, she, I mean, she's just a special horse. Um, What's her name? Twister. Twister. I like that. Except that the movie gave me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, when we were kids, we'd always, uh, my brother and I, we would walk into my parents' room and uh, we knew that this, that her mom was pregnant. And uh, my dad would always, he would always tell us, uh, look, look outside and see uh, if she's, if she's, she's born. And so then we would, uh, I would check and nothing. And then I would check again next day. Nothing. And how old were you when this was happening? I was probably like 10. Mm -mm. No, more like five, maybe. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So she's 15 now. So, oh, is she that old? Yeah. She's, she's probably 16 actually. So anyways, and so, uh, I would check and nothing and I would check and then nothing. And finally one day I checked and I see this brown head, uh, it's kind of out and, and I'm like, Oh, that's the mom. You know, that's again, that's not her. And then this brown head disappears. And then I see this black head and, uh, and I looked again and I was like, man, that's, it's a big color difference, you know? And, uh, sure enough, uh, I was like, I think something's out there. And he gets up out of the bed and he, we, we all walk out there and we see this beautiful black, uh, mare that's just, uh, it was special the whole moment. Yeah. So. So you remember this, but didn't you say something like, is our world champion out there or something, Todd, every day to him? Or, or is that, did I misunderstand the story? I don't remember saying that, but every morning he would. I like it for the story. So every morning he said, <laughs> where's our champion? <laughs> yeah. So, but every morning he would come and he was, just a, little, he was just a little kid. You know, I think he was five, maybe at the max seven years old, but. Um, he would look and he'd just say, no, she, there's nothing out there, dad. And he'd go about and do his, do his playing, you know, and this was long ago when he used to get yeah. up at five 30, you know, <laughs> six. And, uh, so one morning he comes, I've got one of those right now, <laughs> five fifteen, dad coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so now this, this one morning he came to the window and he just uh, said, you know, look out the window and he looks out the window and he just paused. And his eyes got really big and he goes, dad, yeah, she's out there. And she looks purple. He tells the story way better. He looks purple. <laughs> she looks purple. So we put all our clothes on because when they're, when they're born black, they're born yeah. almost a purple yeah. looking color. Yeah. And um, I remember that. So we go out there and of course it was the, the little baby named Twist that we now call Twister. And uh, she's the one that grew up to be so phenomenal, you know. Mm -hmm. So what do you what do you do now with Twister? This is her first year that we've actually um, bred her. We're not showing her anymore. The first year we haven't shown her or, or ridden her. And now she's just going to have babies for us. That's awesome. We're probably a little late to the ball game on that, but we, we, we were, we, tried, we think she's bred this year. So oh, awesome. And, and so when you, when you decide to do that, when you decide to breed a horse, are, are you bringing a stud horse in or do you do artificial insemination? Artificial. artificial. Okay. Yeah. I got you. So walk us through the story a little bit of, of training her up. Does she train up well? Cause this is the part of the story. Maybe that I don't even know about, you know, what yeah, were the so trials a, of it all? Cause this, this just does not happen. You don't just watch your baby be born and then you're full, you wait, wait, wait. And then, you know, 10 years later or whatever it is. Well, you, this is really an incredible story. Probably even more than you know, but um, you know, when she was coming up as a wean, we, we halter broke of course. And we kind of did the Clinton Anderson thing with her even as a weanling mm -hmm. and we had her is that the guy that talks like this yes, yes. okay <laughs> <laughs> and we so we did that kind of thing on her for you know until she was a 
a late yearling. And then as a yearling, we took her to the NRHA fraternity sale, which people come from all over the world to buy horses there. And we actually sold her as a yearling at the fraternity sale. And um, the guy that bought her actually bought four, the same sire as her sire was, which is Wimpy's little step. And um, he took all four of them to his ranch and um, very wealthy individual. And um, he never trained her. And so we really. Really? I, yeah, I, I, never, I never told oh, this yeah. part of the story. So um, she was taken to a ranch and um, in turn sent to another trainer. And they took her and they picked, you know, through the what they w- wanted to train and they left her out. It was very sad to see. So sure. we went to the farm where she was sent back to this this grand, uh, person in Grand Prairie. And uh, we, uh, we wanted to we ask him, could we buy her back? And uh, so we this is probably and uh, she was probably at this point a late three year old. So we actually bought her back. Not broke. Uh, well, she had been. Saddle broke, saddle saddle, broke. Saddle, you know, under saddle and everything. And mostly they were just lunging her 20 minutes a day in the round pen. They weren't riding her at all. And so we bought her back, brought her to our ranch, and we started riding her at that point. And, uh, you know, so uh, it's just been an incredible story, really, how we got her back. And, you know, kind of like but the Black Beauty story almost, you know, and she is black. And mm-hmm. now they she got lost for a while and then came back. And that's what's so phenomenal. About How did you run back into her? Did you guys keep an eye on her? Or we did keep an eye on her. her? We yeah. sure did. Cause we, you know, when we sold her, we said, Hey, we were just so proud of her, you know? And, um, and we, the only reason we sold her is we thought that possibly someone else could do better for her than you we could, could pop at that point than we could do for her. Um, but as it turns out, we were the right place all along. Wow. So she's almost four at that point. She was in her late three. She was a late three-year-old, yes. And then, so walk us through the story. Then, where, where yeah, how, how do you train a horse? Yeah, so I started riding her at that point. Um, Long hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I started riding her at that point, and I realized that she was a phenomenal horse. I, it was a horse that I had never actually been on before. Like, you know, you could just feel there was something different about this horse. And so I talked to my dad, and I said, you know, hey, let's just send her to, to a— a big time trainer, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, give her, give her, let's pay for the bill and let's send her someone that's been there and done that. And so we sent her to a really incredible trainer named Gabe Hutchins. Um, and he was at the time, well, I'm sure he still is, but at the time he was really hungry. And mm-hmm. uh, we met him. I met him in Amarillo, uh, actually outside of Amarillo, I believe it was. And uh, we put him on her trailer and, um, and he, he in nine months he took her to the derby at that point and uh, she became um she made the uh she was 19th in the derby in nine months i wrote her for a couple and he wrote her for nine so in nine months 11 well 11 months she became you know she made it the, the finals at the uh at the derby wow. and then after the derby we brought her back home and um just you know kept riding her and i put a superior on her and um, what does that mean? A superior is 50, 50 points in, okay. in the uh, American Quarter Horse Association. So, so how does that point system work? So the point, so every, uh, so for every five horses that you uh, beat, beat and you get one point. Um, Did you say beat? Yeah. Well, like that you Win. finish in front of. Yeah. So like uh. if there's, for instance, if there's uh, 10 horses in the class. <laughs> you got where I was at. I'm like, what do you mean beat? <laughs> you got to beat a horse to win? Is this horse racing? You beat them down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so say that again for every five horses that, that you, you beat. You, you get a one point. Okay. And, and so, so you had 50 points. Right. And so, and that's kind of rare. And so I, I would say probably the percentage of, I'm just guessing here, but I'm, I would say the percentage of horse against superior is probably less than 5% of your quarter horses. Oh, wow. So would you say so, Johnny? Yeah. I mean, I've been showing horses for a long time and I mean, I sell and trade a lot of horses, so, but it's, it's hard. It's not an easy feat for sure. But she has actually a youth superior. She has five superiors. Yeah. So she has a, a youth and uh, she has open, uh, a couple and open, a couple and youth and, you know, and different very and, uh, and ranch riding and also reining and cow horse and, you know, things like that. So she's, I mean, she's, and she's never taken a lame step in her whole life. Mm. That's what's so phenomenal. You've never had any kind of maintenance work no. done on her? Well, I mean, she has had her hops injected, yeah. you know, but maintenance, but, but she's, she's never been, been never been sound, lame, real you know? sound. Yeah. She's always been really sound. 
So, Taylor, then when do you kind of take over? Yeah, when do I take over? Um, I would think, I'm thinking around 12 years old, maybe. Yeah. You started riding her. Yeah, I took her. <laughs> and I never <laughs> got her back. And <laughs> yeah, I never got her back, yeah. So, it's important in the story, I think I need to say this, is, you know, most people who don't know Taylor, you know, Taylor is really a prodigy. So, when you say he could make, you know, as money as a general practitioner, doctor, you know, um, they don't understand you're 20 years old yep. and he, he's just a child prodigy. I mean, I remember seeing him at the horse shows and he had this little horse named Rody yep. and he just, he would just ride and ride yep. and ride and put the hours in. And it was a, like a retired rainer, right? Yeah. And still that way. Today. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he taught him the trail and yep. tell us, tell, how did you do at the trail? Yeah. I mean, like I, show? so what, what is the trail? I mean, and I'm, I'm sponging Good. all so of good. this up. I don't, yeah. yeah. Good question. Yeah. I mean, a uh, trail is basically just, uh, you know, doing all the gates over poles. So you're, you're loping over, over poles, you're trotting over poles, uh, you're spinning in a box, you're doing a gate and yeah. Over a bridge. It's like, like opening a gate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And then you took that horse to, what was your goal? You wanted to score a, uh, well, I just wanted to win like the Southwest saddles. Uh, and then, uh, I did, I actually beat all the big horses. So with yeah. Him, so. Yeah. And then, you took him to the world show, didn't you? Or no, not that no, horse. Not no, that was the first one would have been probably Lola, right? Or uh, Jet. I can't remember on that one. Yeah. So let's go back to Jet. So you guys come to me then, yes, uh, right? Yeah. And say, right. we're looking for a horse for Taylor, you know, and it just so happened that I, somebody had called me, uh, Reed Thomas, as a matter of fact, and was telling me about uh, Hot Rod and Jet and was looking for a new partner. Sounds like my kind of horse. <laughs> I don't know anything about that, but. <laughs> was looking for a new partner and. And so you guys bought him, right? And yep. then you were piddling around with him. Taylor was just a little guy and he was a big horse, mm -hmm. a big oh, horse. Yeah. And I remember you called me and said, can you just come over and maybe help him a little bit, you know, and kind of show him a little, uh, yep. a, a few yep. things, right? Yep. See, so, that's a good dad because in, in the dad world, you always want to make sure you're, that you're the one that's telling them, hey, this is the way that I did it. And this is the way that you should do it. But at the same time, it seems like when people find success working with family, they've always had somebody come in from the outside mm -hmm. and say, you know what? I don't want to have to strangle my son today. So if you would go ahead and show them some of this stuff, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, and the biggest thing is that um, <clears throat> Taylor was always open me to me teaching him things. But I just knew that wasn't my that wasn't my specialty. And I knew that Johnny would be able to lead him in that area so much better than I could. And so, you know, Johnny has been an incredible blessing, you know, oh, to, yeah. to our family. So well, I don't, I don't think Taylor would be where he's at without several people for sure. But one of those people <clears throat> is definitely Johnny. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, shoot, it's getting warm and fuzzy in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so this is important part. Now he's on hot rod jet. He's on hot, hot rod and jet. And, jet. Right? and so, I get to their place, right? And this horse is just totally taking advantage of Taylor. Yeah. And, and he's just going on. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is what we got to do. One, it's just some, just some tips for like maybe an hour, uh -huh. right? <laughs> and maybe within the next month, I go to the show. And I will never forget this moment. I'm watching this horse go down the rail and he's like, broke and doing the job <laughs> and everything. And I'm like, who is that? And then it dawns on me that it's you. Yep. And, and like, how yep. old were you then? Oh, I was like 10. 11. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. And, and he, probably nine. he yeah. was like cracking it out, you know, <laughs> in horse speak. <laughs> you know? And I was like, holy cow. Yeah. That was just amazing. You always to me. believed in me. Yep. Yeah. That was just amazing to me. Yeah. And then you got Lola. Yeah. You asked me to help you with a couple of things. And, yeah. you know, I just would pop in every now and then and show you a couple of things. And the next thing you know, you're 13 and under. Yeah. You went, you you won the world in yeah. 13 and under, right? The yeah. AQHA world. How many people are in that class? A lot. A lot. Yeah. A lot. But it was, I mean, thanks for the just, deep answer there, boys. Yeah. That was well, really good. That year, I would think there was probably about 150 in that particular class. Yeah. And and all of those people have to qualify to get there from all over the world, really. And there's probably 18, 20 nations represented at the World Show. You know, majority, of course, coming from the United States. But Where is the World Show? Oklahoma City. Okay. So it's something you have to qualify to be at. You can't just show up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the best of the best. Yeah. That's why it's such a big deal when you actually win the trophy. Yeah, it's awesome. Know? 
That and trophy is shiny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's all the video yeah, of that thing. And heavy. Hey, Gina. Yeah, yeah. There's a teaser. Look for the video. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you win the world thirteen and under, and that was on Lola. No, uh, no, that was on Jess. That was on Jess, actually, yep. Wizard Jess. Yeah, but then you did on Lola too. Yeah, semifinals. Well. Yep, yep, yeah. That was a goal of mine as well. Yep, yep. And so you, I just showed him a couple of things, and then he just picked them up easy. Yeah. I mean, everything has just been easy for him, yeah. you know? And I mean, maybe it's not been easy because I know you put in the work. That doesn't just, you know, you don't yeah, yeah. just like magically, Lucky Charms, delicious, you know? Lucky Charms. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't magically show up. That sounds like but, a really good horse name. <laughs> Lucky Charms. That's your horse. That's what we name your horse. Right. <laughs> Only if it's a unicorn. <laughs> but, I, but I know the time, attention, energy, focus to detail and all of those things because I've done it myself. And, and I just... Even riding one of your horses the other day when yeah. I went out there and rode it, I was just like, what are you talking about? I mean, the horse is just so broke. And I was like, the horse was so broke, I felt like I quit. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had done such a good job on the horse. And I, I just am like, you know, at 20 and, you know, I've, I feel like I have some skill, you know, and some, some basic, some talent myself. But it's just amazing to watch you to to have done all this with yeah just the two of you guys and 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 you, you can go talk to any other horse trainer and they'll tell you you can't ride by yourself and figure it out it's just yeah. too hard yeah yeah and you rode by yourself and figured it and, out and he did at and through his teenage years and now 20 mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so so let's get to let's get to the money side of things because when danny was out there watching you guys and he said he wants to buy a horse he sends me a video of a horse and instantly I'm like, yeah, right. Like that's, that's like 65 pickups. <laughs> like I've got a real bad thing for pickups. Um, and so I'm like, I'm like, there's no way I'm like, there's no way this looks like the most expensive sport. And ha- explain to me how in the world people make money in this sport, because I don't see it on ESPN. I mean, I know, I know that they do show some of those things, but at yeah. the same time, I've got, we've got a lot of great customers that are in this world. Sure. And, uh, and when you look at their farms and ranches and, and horse facilities, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, there's a lot of cash that has mm-hmm. to go in behind this thing. Yeah. And so, so walk me through the basics of business in the performance horse. world. So I would, I mean, I guess there's two parts to that question because you know, um, from a training standpoint, um, you make money by people paying you to train their horses. And then of course, taking that horse to shows. And, and what is it, what's it look like to have somebody train? I mean, I know that, that these are very vague questions, sure. but at the same time, say I, I buy a, what, what's a, a potential world champion horse going to cost me? Oh, 150,000. Yeah. For a world champion. <sighs> for a world champion. And we got a cigarette. You know? This is getting, <laughs> okay. So, so, We've got, we got a hundred, I just shelled out $150,000. I have a horse. What do I do with the horse? So you're going to put it in training with us. And uh, (laughs) fortunately, because we're in ABC, we're in El Paso. We're only like $1,000, $1,200 a month to train your horse. Somewhere else like Scottsdale, Arizona might be $1,750. So, you know, we have friends in, um, in Arizona that have, you know, 60 to 80 horses in training at $1,500 a month. So you can just do the math. Best of the best though. Yeah. Best of the best. But, uh, but you know, some of them, I mean, like they are the best of the best, but there are some, you know, they're. Yeah. Some, I mean, it's just not even really good trainers and, and they're, I'd say top 20%, but they still have a lot of horse in training too. So you're, you're, I just spent $150,000 on a horse. Now I'm, I'm spending $1,200 a month. What does $1,200 a month get me? So $1,200 a month is going to, first of all, it, it takes care of their board. So probably 400, 450, that's board. And I'll, I'll pay you 13, make sure that thing's on Chaffee. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but then the rest of that is we're going to ride that horse five days a week. And, um, and I, and I do mean five, five days a week, we're going to ride your horse if they're able to hold up to that kind of pressure. If, if not, yeah. we're going to have to back off a little bit and make sure they're, you know, make sure they can handle the pressure. But, um, and then we're going to get that horse trained to where, when we go to a show, um, off somewhere that we're, our chances of winning or being successful are going to be high. Yep. We're not going to take your horse to a show if, if we feel like it's not going to be successful. 
So, um, so if, if, if you're saying, okay, Jay, we're going to take your horse to X, Y, Z, you know, show. Mm. Um, but I don't ride horses. Mm-hmm. So do you ride my horse? Yep. Yes. We oh, horse. okay. Does, those these are good questions. I yeah. mean, that's right. so, 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 so you've, you've spent the- nine months. I've, I've shelled out $1,300 mm-hmm. a month. And then we go to a show. I go buy some popcorn <laughs> and I go sit in the bleachers and watch you and ride. Pray. And pray. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Especially. <I> mean, pray. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm just kidding. And I'm glad we got a preacher in here. Things start getting warm. No, I'm kidding. But it, but really, so we've got, we've, we, we've got all of this money invested mm. and I'm sitting in the stands. Sure. And then all I'm doing is just praying that you, have got this horse to the level that he can compete at. Right. Or she or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, 150,000 will buy you a world champion. Yeah, that's right. So let's back up a little bit. Yeah. A prospect. A prospect, probably. Like, for instance, the horse that you saw on video that uh, that Danny sent to you um, was probably more like fifty to 60,000. Which is still a nice pickup. Which is, yeah, which is still a lot of money. But in that, in the case of that horse, that horse is a stallion. Has he's triple registered, so he has the ability to produce quarter horses. He's horses. selling me on this horse. Uh, <laughs> ABC. Palomino horses. And so he's going to have the ability to um, be a stud. And um, he's, you know, he's already got quite a bit of money in his, in his uh, uh, lifetime, lifetime earnings. And so he's going to be able to have a stud fee anywhere from 1500 probably 2000 if he just stays right where he's at right now. So he's going to make that money back, I feel pretty confident, especially that horse. Okay, so so we've we've now backed up to fifty thousand dollars. Still, <laughs> a lot of money to eat. Hey, um, I've got a fifty thousand dollars horse. I'm paying you thirteen hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Um, where do I make money at? So let's just say, okay, there are some horses in his case. Or am I doing this to eat popcorn and pray? Well, you probably <laughs> a little bit of both. But, okay, because prayer is always good for you, anyway. <laughs> but uh, we're going to get into that in a minute. But you know, the thing is, is that. Um, First of all, horses are an incredible lifestyle as far as not just um, it just sits you, puts you in a different environment. You know, like we're right here in Dell City and you can already feel that peace kind of in Dell City. It's kind of quiet and quaint. And, um, you know, horses has the way in the middle of a urban city with 800,000 people to make you feel like you're right out here in Dell City, mm-hmm. right on our property. And so, first of all, the quality, I think the quality of life that you get with horses is 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 worth something um but all of that aside let's just go back to the horse we're talking about you know he could have what's my horse's name charlie let's call him charlie and no uh, offense to you chaffee charlie (laughs) there you go that's perfect (laughs) (laughs) we've got a salesman in texas named charlie (laughs) so um this horse could easily i think have a hundred breedings a year for let's say 10 years so he's got a good life. <laughs> let, let's say he has $2,000 stuff. He maybe if he continues to win, continues to be successful, maybe it even bumps up to, you know, 2,500, 3,000. So, you know, you multiply, you know, two, let's just say 2,000 times 100,000, 100 breedings. You're at what? $200,000 a year, right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. That you're, um, that you're going to profit from this horse. So there is a point out there where he's going to supersede all his expenses and more. So is it in, in this lane of horses are we talking about i mean so it's a stud horse and i a little that i've been around horses you know, always kind of washed out for the stud horse you know just always kind of hot tempered and you know it, nippy yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, absolutely wants to play. yeah wants same, to play same same that way in in this world too but when yeah, it's totally, when you yeah. when you go into the arena mm-hmm. then it is a dip can he turn the light switch off Mm. He can, but you gotta you gotta, you gotta get them ridden down a little bit more. I'd say okay, you can't. They're take, a different different beast. Yeah, right. And that and that is a little more of the challenge, I would say, in the in the stud market. Well, I mean, if you cut my off, then you know, then I would probably <laughs> you perform better, you get quieter. <laughs> yeah, you get quieter. My wife's my wife says this right now. She's like, out. guess what? <laughs> okay, so I'm breeding him. And I've got some revenue coming in, mm-hmm. but I mean, how do I get to a point where I've got 10 horses? How do I get to a point where it's, cause I listened to Johnny on the phone. He's like, Oh yeah. And I got a trainer coming from Florida and we're going to talk about moving this horse to that person. Whatever. Mm-hmm. 
is it an investment? Is it just, are you looking at a long-term investment? Is it like buying old bottles of wine? Yeah. You know, I, I think I approach it differently than, you know, because I'm a non-pro, you know, I, I was, I rode a lot of open horses and then I just decided that I got to a point to where I wanted to be kind of the captain of my own ship. And I wanted to do my own trading and figure out my own type of horse that I wanted. And when I, when I got tired of the horse, I, I wanted to sell him or trade him or, or do something else and get a new project. So with Todd and, and Taylor, they have a different deal going on to where they take customer horses, right? And so with me, what I do is is normally I buy a prospect and, and train them up and go show them a little bit and then sell them and then find me a new prospect. So with them, they, they do a little differently. So mm. to, com- to completely shift gears, Taylor, how do you make money? So I make money just uh, riding them five days a week. Okay. So training is, and so now the fact that you've won the world, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm, I'm smelling what you stepped in. Mm-hmm. If, if you've got that title or you have won that title. So now people instantly say, okay, this guy understands horses. Yes. Yeah. For sure. And I have my horse, Charlie, and I want Charlie to be a winner. So then I'm like, you know what? I want somebody that's young, energetic, understanding, speaks horse. Yeah. So then I go find people like you or your dad. Mm-hmm. And that's where your monetary, eventually you get to more horses and more horses and more yeah. horses. Yeah. So yeah. As, as a, as a performance horse ranch, we are, the end game with this is to have a certain amount of horses that you're constantly training Mm-hmm. Um, to show. Yeah. And as you grow, you're bringing people in to help that have the same mindset as you guys to make sure that those horses are on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And normally people that are non-pros, you know, they, they hire trainers to help guide them, train their horses, those kind of things. With me, I'm a little different where I train my own. We all knew that, Johnny. You're you're, you're way different. (laughs) That's why I'm here. That's right, dude. (laughs) I see the world a little different. Um, uh, So I'm I'm different than most non-pros. Most non-pros take their horses to a trainer, and then the trainer helps them, guides them, does all of those kind of things. Whereas mine, I find my prospects, break them, train them, show them. In El Paso, good spot to train horses? I'd what? say I'd say it's a good spot. Um, a little you know, hot. Little hot. Oh, you mean like the heat, or do you mean? Like I, I'm, I'm just I'm just the, talking about. I'm just like the location, business. the business, the a lot of doctors. I found it to be really. I I, I was very surprised by El Paso, honestly, because um, I was told that there, no one would you know mm-hmm. be willing to invest and train horses there. But I've kind of found that you know. Um, you know, of course, the population is mostly mostly Hispanic, and most of the Hispanic people come from a ranch somewhere their grandfather, great grandfather had, and they they love that connection with horses. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I have found them to have a real genuine uh, love for horses, and it's been super successful for us. I mean, um, I, I originally started you know getting into training and coaching. Um, I just wanted to pay my truck note, right? Know? And uh, heard that, and and in the week. And and in one week of hanging out my shingle, I had, if I, I, I I like had four or five lessons and, and I told, I told my wife, I said, you know what, if if they come every, every, they come once a week for a a month, I'm going to pay my truck note in the first week, you know, and I'm like, it's been good. It's been, honestly, it's been a blessing to God all the way, all the way. For sure. It's never stopped growing. Well, the one thing about that too, is you're, you're. I think people really gravitate towards a challenge right? in, in life. Absolutely. We all, we all want to find something that pushes us to another level. Absolutely. And one of the things with doing that is you have a certain amount of predictability, mm-hmm. but you have a unlimited amount of unpredictability right. between yeah. your legs when you're sitting That's there right. trying to train a horse. Yeah. And so I can understand kind of why somebody would have passion for, you know, we joke all the time that I'll never buy my, my daughter a horse. Um, I, I guarantee you, Horses yeah. are in my future. Yeah, exactly. No, but that's, it, that's your seal of doom. Yeah, right? I know. I, I'm going to get her one horse and a 72 Cadillac and here we go. Um, but the, the, the biggest thing is to be able to watch people that continue to grind like Johnny going by and giving you some tips and tricks on, on what you need to be doing. And then for Johnny to come back by later and be like, well, who is that? Yeah. 
That's a testament to a business. It's a testament to who you are as people. And the fact that you get to do that surrounding yourself with an animal mm-hmm. um, is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's why I love my job sure. because I'm starting to get to meet people like y'all that have a genuine passion for what you do. Right. And it's a beautiful job. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a beautiful life. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and, you know, let's talk, talk a little bit about your kid camps and those kind of things like that, because I think that's been really integral to your growth. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's where it started. Yeah. Without, without kid lessons, I, I would have never got started. I mean, like I, I think my first kid, his name was Louis. I still remember his name, Louise. And, um, he was probably eight years old and that was, Mm -hmm. man, when he, when they came walking through the door, I just couldn't believe it. You know, I'm like, I woke up into the arena. I mean, and I'm like, wow, this is really going to start. And, and I just, built it on kids, you know, and I've, then we started our camps, um, where at our camps, we, we give every kid a a horse riding lesson a day, you know, um, so our camp goes from 830 to 1230, uh, in the summers and, um, every kid gets, you know, 15, 20 minute lesson every day. And, you know, we have 40, 50 kids in our camp in a single week. And, uh, what we do is we take, I mean, and 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 we started out with how many, we started out with four. And I remember someone telling me that I said, we're going to have 15 this year in our camp. And we didn't quite get 15. We had like six, but then the next year we had 20 and then it was 30. And then last year, I think we had our highest number. It was like 53, yeah, 53 in one of our camps. Holy cow. And, and, you know, that didn't sound like a lot when you were talking about the YMCA camp, but when you're talking about having kids and horses together, that's a lot of kids. No, that's a, that's a huge, (laughs) yeah. And so what we do is we break our camp into four different sections. Every 45 minutes or shift into a different section, mm-hmm. uh, a horse riding lesson for this section, um, a treasure hunt for this section, um, a horse decorating aspect, our contest, gro- right? grooming, yeah, contest, contest. Or grooming contest. And then our, maybe we have arts and crafts. And so every 45 minutes are switch, switch, switching to a different station. And do you make them clean up horse stalls? We do. That's we what I'm talking sure. about. Oh, we, really? actually, we sure do. We have a section. We don't do it every day, but we have one section in that week where they actually do learn how to clean and, and take care of horses for 45 minutes. So we want to give them the whole aspect cool. of it. And, um, you know, all these kids, you know, they live on top of cement. It's just cement everywhere for them. And for them to come to our ranch and to be on our ranch is like heaven. And they, yeah. they like already, we haven't even, well, we did hang on a sign yesterday, but we used to put signs all over the city trying to get people to come to our camps and we'd advertise and we do all kinds of things and we'd get people, you know, we get a crew. Well, we've put, until yesterday, we didn't even have a sign out and we already have like 15 signed up for our first camp. We're like way ahead of where we were last year. And last year was a boomer year for our wow. camps and people leave our camps and they're, they're crying, excited. they're crying, yeah, they're, they're crying. crying. And they, they like, we have, you know, kids that are now because they're happy, everybody. They're okay. Happy. They're not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're happy. They're happy. Yeah. They don't want to go. They don't, they don't want to go. Right. They don't want to go. And they're, and then their kids, their parents sign them up for the next week mm-hmm. and, and, and on and on and on it goes. And, it, and that has been a huge blessing for us. So it's interesting too, because you look at a lot of parents today and, and, and their idea, we live in such a busy world. We're all so busy. We never have time. We never, you know, we've got kids that are doing three sports and mom's never home because she's running from soccer to baseball to basketball and all around. Um, And which I think to, to a point that's good because keeping somebody busy and keeping them trying to, uh, understand a sport or, you know, what, what's, what's the definition of winning to them and things like that. I think that's great. At the same time, when you put another life into that perspective, when it's something where somebody's actually starting to understand that if I don't wake up this morning and I don't feed my animal, or if I don't, yeah. and you don't start to instill responsibility in people. Um, that's where I start to see you we're losing that a little bit, you know, okay. FFAs and 4Hs and things like that were so prominent, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s, you know, and then we started to see things kind of blemish out into, into nothing. And I think one of the, the neat things to see is when you get to bring out, there's another um, a camp in uh, Albuquerque called the Galloping Grace Youth yeah, Ranch. I've heard of it. And uh, unbelievable, man. I mean, that, that we're going to, we got to get him down here too. He's, he's just, Wade is just, he's awesome. Max Wade. And, um, and so for you guys to be able to have the temperament, to be able to hang out with that many kids yeah. in a day in an age where it's so easy for us to say, I'm busy, mm. right? You know, I've got horses to train, yeah. which this is, this is 
financially helping it, but yeah. at the same time, it says a lot about your character too. Yeah. yeah. And, and in fact, we had this conversation before this year and I said, Taylor, do you know, I know we, we've kind of gone to a different area a little bit in our training and coaching and everything. Do you still want to do these camps? And he says, dad, I want to do it. Yeah. And, 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 and he said, I, he said, I just like it. I want to do yeah. it. I might be sending Harv to come to camp. <laughs> yeah, you should. It's, it's a really cool thing. I mean, I've seen all the pictures and videos online, but you know, I, I think this is really, really important because you're growing the next generation of horse people. That's right. And, um, and I think that is, that is so important to encourage kids and, and to bring kids into your world because I remember being a little kid and, you know, I didn't grow up with much. I just grew up with a passion for horses. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, just what my family could afford. And I didn't even really even have my own horse until I was like maybe in the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going to run, you know, horse shows or whatever, seeing people that were really successful. And, and there were times that they kind of didn't want to interact with me. They yeah. didn't want to. You weren't successful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just kind of a, just, just a little kid with a dream, you know, yeah. and it, I almost seemed like a bother to them. Mm-hmm. And so I always thought when I get in a position one yeah. day yeah. to do something, I don't want to be that way. Yeah. I don't want to be that way. Absolutely. And I just commend you all for, for even though you've risen to a pinnacle and you've been majorly successful at this and you're a prodigy, you know, at 20 years old to have done all that you have done and to still want to give back, to still want to work with the kids, you know, yeah. to still want to, to encourage young people to live their dreams and follow their passion and, and, and strive to be better and, and strive to be a bit better at horses because, yeah. You know, every day, you know, horse people all over the country are kind of saying, you know, AQHA is shrinking. What are we going to do? Exactly. It's shrinking. Well, maybe it's shrinking because we're not taking the time with our kids, with our youth. Exactly. To to make it fun again. And I I don't, I I probably should have mentioned this, but, you know, and we can edit it out if you don't want to, but I literally showed up at a show with, because I had grafted some of these kids. Oh, we're not editing this out. Okay. (laughs) So, So I had kids that wanted to go show with us. And, you know, it's not easy to take kind of novice kids with yeah, us. Yeah, it's not we, easy. We would take five, not easy. six, seven kids with us, which is a lot for a horse show. Yeah. And you got to get every other gear. You got to put them all together and you got to keep them together. And it's really hard. And their parents are all from the city. They don't understand. You know, they're just dropping their kids off and, and this kind of thing. So we're kind of like their parents. Right. And I remember I overheard someone else at the horse show, one of the officials say, that's just Marler and all his kids. And it was kind of meant as a derogatory thing to me, but actually it actually was a compliment because I, tr- I truly care about those kids. I wanted, I, cause you don't do, ki- you don't have kids camps. If you, you can try to have kids camps yeah, if you exactly. don't love kids. Yeah. But if you don't love kids, you're going to get out of it. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's hard. To, you're not it's hard. It. It's hard. Again, there's not enough money into it to make it. Happen. But I, it was almost like they were a compliment. If they meant it, it kind of in a backhand way. But to me, it was a compliment because that that's what I want to be known as, as a person that helped kids. Because that's I truly believe if you can invest in kids, that's something that will cause you to live on for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a legacy. Yeah, it's a legacy. legacy. That's what I'm trying to say. And I think yeah. I think that's huge in, in the, the, the future of anything. Because I remember walking home from the, the school bus stop mm-hmm. and, and, a, and a gal told me, I said, I, I'm going back to my farm. And she yeah, said, love this she story. says, you're not a farmer. You guys have 10 acres. You don't have any animals. You can't be a farmer. Yeah, not big enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't going to be a farmer. And I, and I remember that even in FFA, I remember, mm-hmm. you know, guys were like, no, you're not a farmer, man. Like, you know, yeah. our, this is six exactly. generations and this is kind of what we exactly. do. Mm-hmm. And that was when that light switch turned on and I'm like, watch me. That's right. Yeah, watch what I'm going to do. Burn and fire. And, and at the same time to be able to mold a young mind. And I've, I'm very grateful for my world because I've been able to surround myself with unbelievably successful people, not just financially successful people, but just really genuine people mm-hmm. at the same time, being able to surround yourself with these people and understanding there is a point in time where you're not doing this because you're vindictive. You're doing this because you know, this is your passion That's and this it. is the way you, you were called it. to be. You love it. Yeah. And it was my life link too. you know, like mm-hmm. if I just wanted to make these kids successful and I wanted them to, um, to, to have something besides their computers. And that's the thing about our camp. You know, I was mm-hmm. going to say this, 
our kids come to our camps and they all got their phones because mm-hmm. even eight year old kids have phones. These days. Yep. Even seven year old kids have phones and non Bell city. <laughs> they'll start out with these phones. And then by the end of the week, they don't even bring their phones because right. it's, they're having so much fun. They've reconnected to, to the earth mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm, you know, and it's mm-hmm. just that, that to me is a, is a very powerful thing. So we've got, we've got a couple of minutes to close up, but, but one thing I do want to get to, and, and I've stepped into it earlier, but you're a preacher. Yeah. And so uh, as, as a man of God, and it, I think that does show compassion anyways, the fact that you're willing to stand sure. in front of people and openly and boldly express your faith, mm-hmm. which is something that people will not do anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time that that intertwines itself with kids and the fact that those kids, even if you're not preaching while you're at a horse right. camp, that right. you can let them see that there's something else the going on. Yeah. And be a father figure to them. You know, so many of the kids come to our camp, they don't have a father. And I think well, they don't have love in general they don't in their have lives. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And we just kind of love them, you know, and we just kind of be their father figure and just kind of, it, it's just been so powerful, you know, and it's, it's, you know, at first I started camp cause I wanted the blessing, but now I see the blessing is helping. Right. You know, and that it just, it kind of brings tears to my eyes actually, because it's, 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 it's one of those like, things you know, though. It's if you write a check to something that you feel like, I believe in this, I'm going to write a check. What did that do for you? Yeah. It didn't do much, but the day that you stopped writing the check and the day that you got involved is the day that you started to understand a difference, Yeah, you know, because I, I read an unbelievable book. Um, it's called the movers of men and mountains. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's about RG Letourneau. And when RG Letourneau, there's a, there's a university named after him and he was bigger than Caterpillar. And, and I've always been drawn to equipment. Yeah. And, um, and the day that, that he passed away, he was tithing 95% of everything that he made. And he still was guilty that he wasn't giving enough away, but it wasn't him cutting a check and giving it away. Mm. It was him installing something in future generations to come. Mm -hmm. That was so rewarding. And he said, the money's the money. Mm -hmm. You know, he says, you can do whatever you want with the money. He said, but at the same time, when you invested it back, that's when it actually changes. And so that was one of those, you know, in, in my mind, I'm like, Oh, that makes a lot more yeah. sense. You know, sitting at church on a Sunday morning and yeah. writing a check does something. But at the same time, if you helped them rebuild the roof, it's that's like, right. uh, mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, to, so to close up, I've got one question for both of you. What's your biggest fear? <laughs> I like to keep things like my biggest fear, your biggest um, fear in life. I just want to keep doing this as long as possible. You know, I just want to, I, I just want to be, I want to keep, stay valuable to people and, you know, still make a difference in people's lives Um, to keep reaching for, for kids, uh, for their parents. Even it, it, I mean, I can't tell you how many people, you know, it's not a church, but I can't tell you how many people I've been able to, to be a part of their life. Either they're a single parent or maybe they're having problems in their job and their kid having problems with their kids. And I've just been able to kind of just talk to them just, you know, just kind of give, country, the, the kind of the country I came from, you know, um, my, I'm from Louisiana and my dad had a lot of a tremendous influence on my life. And, um, I just kind of, he kind of had an old country way to him and I just kind of give that country way back to him. And it just, it's so different when you come from the city to hear just old homespun kind of knowledge that it seems miraculous to people sometimes. And right. it's just old, mm-hmm. it's just old common stuff, you know? And, and I just, like to, I'd like to give that to people. I'd like to just get them back to their roots a little bit. Taylor, how about you? Uh, my biggest fear is quitting. Quitting. I just, I, it, that scares me. <laughs> crazy. Quitting, quitting what? Just like in anything that I, like I set my mind to, I'm just that passionate about everything. The fear of failure because you failure, didn't, yep. you didn't follow through it. Yep. Yeah. He doesn't want to quit. I think is what he's trying to say, right? Yep. That's good. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's an important drive to be 20, 20 years old. I've won the world. Yeah. However many times you've done it and all, all of the uh, amazing things that are in store for you. Yep. I mean, it's absolutely awesome guys. I, I cannot tell you how much one just to be able to be associated with the two of you is, is amazing. Oh man. Uh, even, sure. even away from the business side of things, yep. but at the same time, just uh, integrity, getting to sit down and have a conversation and kind of understand, you know, what, what, what makes you really click is, is something that I've, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. Sure. And, Johnny, thanks for 
Thanks for pulling me into this thing. Yeah, thank you for having us out and bringing the Marlars out and seeing my vision for it. Yeah, absolutely. I want to say uh, thank you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I want to say to all the listeners out there that uh, we're doing a video that's going to be posted. It goes into much more depth about the story uh, and the relationship between you and your grandfather and just kind of ties it all together. And there's so much more to this that we didn't even get to. So make sure you check out the Chaffey social media pages and and hear the rest of the story because it's a good one. Awesome. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, God bless everybody. Have a good week. Thank you.